Hello, everyone. This is Nick and Garrett with the Stu Nurse Podcast. Hey, Garrett. Where our mission is to bring humor, advice, and resources to the nursing community and other health-interested individuals through me. And me. So, Nick, uh, what are we going to be talking about this week? So, you know, Garrett, this week we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting stuff. We're going to get into a little bit of health topics. We're going to be talking about the sunshine, which I don't see right now. It's a little bit rainy, but I hear that it's good for your face. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try some of that. Um, We're going to go into some stress management topics because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty stressed out these days, Garrett. And finally, we have an interview with the illustrious Lisa Persons, Professor Lisa Persons from CSU Pueblo. She's going to be here talking to us about concept maps. Okay, well, let's just dive into the show, I guess. Right, Nick? Yeah. So our health topic, Nick, is sunshine. Uh, Explain that a little bit. Well, you know what, Garrett? I was thinking, has anyone ever told you your face looks like the sun? (laughs) <laughs> just yeah just my wife i i um tell think, us more about sunshine gary <laughs> yeah with your so, sunny uh, face and i have noticed i mean when you're in nursing school and such or when you're in a job and you don't see the sun a lot i noticed when i've walked outside and just kind of maybe laid on the grass and just soaked it all in and it's Ooh. summer's coming up right now that's right I, i've walked in more positive you know um what, what would you say about that I, yeah, when I walk in the sun, I'm more positive, too. I'll tell you what. Yeah. So how are some ways we can get some more sunshine? Is that a trick question? <laughs> I, I, no, you know, I, mean, I would just, say. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, someone who's, like, maybe just sitting around. Maybe, maybe they got a dog sitting there, right? Maybe we can walk the dog. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, those are good things. You know what I do, Garrett, is I, uh, I schedule some time into my study habits to say, I got to go outside. I just have to go and look at the sun. And I heard there's an old Zen poem about um, every day, look at the sun like you're talking to it. And even if you're not, still talk to it. So these are important things for your soul, and we got to take care of that when we're in nursing school. Do you like that? I don't even know if that's a real quote. but <laughs> That's a real it'll quote. It'll work, okay? Yeah, quote um, me on that. So... Uh, so yeah, get out in the sun, um, and we're also going to be talking about some stress management. What, what are some, I don't know, stress management techniques that you have um, a, a going on right now? What would you say you do? Well, like healthy ones that I can talk about on the podcast, my favorite stress management topic has to be reflexology. I'm a practice reflexologist, Garrett, and I tell you what, there's no better way to get in touch with yourself. You got to really get to know your feet, get to know your hands, talk to your ears, that's the way to find out what's going on. Okay, reflexology. So, yeah, so I don't. I have no idea what ref, reflexology is. The study of reflexes. All right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely wrong. Uh, but hold on to your butts. We got an exciting, yeah, so exciting maybe adventure. Ex- we're maybe gonna go explain on. Explain that. Like, I don't know anything about that. Anything I, about I reflexology. Don't know anything so, about that. reflexology dates back to the ancient Egyptians, ancient Chinese. Inside the pyramids, there are pictures of people practicing reflexology. It comes about from the idea that your dermatomes, the nerve receptors along the peripheral of your body, Mm -hmm. actually connect to places in your spine. And those places along your body and your hands and your feet, 
those connect to your spine in the same place where a lot of your internal organs connect. And so if you can stimulate a specific part in your hand or in your foot, you can get your liver to reset. You can get your lungs to reset. You can concentrate on slowing down your heart rate. All of these things happen just through basic science. Okay, so would you say you do this every day, every other day? Do you do it pretty often or...? Yeah, you know, I do it as needed, which is every day these okay. days. Um, and so, so walk me through a normal, I'm guessing you do it in the morning or evening. When do you do this? Well, yeah, you know, a little bit of both, but every morning I try to. I, uh, I wake up in the morning and I drink my half a pot of coffee and I sit on the couch and I stay in my reflexology mode and I quiet myself and... So the idea is you're going to grab, grab onto one of your feet and be, you know, you got to be gentle with your foot. Your reflex points, they, I like to um, say it's like a turtle head that pokes its head out of the shell. If you poke that turtle head too hard, the reflex point is going to go away. But if you're real gentle, you can coax out that reflex point. <laughs> Okay. Why are you laughing? Okay. This is serious. Okay, okay. So is there uh, any like books or people that or websites or resources that people can go to to maybe practice this? Yeah, so you can pick up a book from uh, any library about reflexology. You can Google reflexology and look at images of um, you know reflexology maps of your feet and of your hands, and you can find the different places that you want to work on. Um, you can call up the American Reflexology Association, and they have a link where you can find a reflexologist in your area and get to Great. a professional. Yeah, so um, stress management for me, I've, I've noted, I try to journal every day. Um, I, I kind of follow the Ben Franklin uh, virtues. Thing. Tell me about that. So uh, Ben Franklin had 13 virtues that he tried to follow, and each week he would... Um, try to follow a certain virtue, so like silence or frugality or something like that. And each morning he would start off with, what good will I do today? And then he ended his day with, what good did I do today? So it's just kind of like a reflection and kind of a, uh, um, like, what, you know, what virtue am I working on? So he came up with these certain virtues. That's cool. Which virtue are you working on? I'm working on order at the moment, which Ooh. is actually, what's funny is that's uh, Ben Franklin's like um, hardest virtue he had was like planning out his week and planning out his day and actually sticking to it. That's my hardest uh, virtue too. And that's, that's honestly my easiest. Like um, I love, I love setting out the, I call it the plan of the day with my family. We call it the POD. I'm like here's the POD. And maybe it's the military in me, but um, I actually really enjoy that. And um, so this is an easy week for me right now. So All right. Yeah. Um, so while we're talking about stress management topics, um, each week we are going to pick a certain stress management exercise that we're going to do for the week, and then we're going to update you on the next week. So this week's stress management exercise, what are we going to be doing so, Garrett, I think we should try progressive muscle relaxation, PMR. And I know it sounds really complicated. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. It, so well, I, I'm going to explain it to you, and it, you might find it a little bit easier than, than it sounds. Cool. So, progressive muscle relaxation is a technique that you use to 
really work on relaxing your body. So um, whenever you can, you can try at night or you can try when you have some free time. Lay down, find a quiet place, and pick a muscle group in your body. Flex your feet and hold that for 10 seconds and then let your feet relax for 10 seconds. Try that three times and then move on to another muscle group. And as you move up your body or down your body, I think you're gonna find that you are carrying a lot more tension in your body than you previously thought you were. And in the future, this will carry on into your everyday life. You'll find out, man, my shoulders are really tense. Mm -hmm. And what it, it teaches you how to relax your body. Okay. Because we walk around tense, we're carrying notebooks, we're carrying textbooks, we're going and running and getting a pillow for a patient. Mm -hmm. That's a tense environment, but yeah. we want to be good to our bodies because if they break down, then we're not going to help anybody. Okay, so um, each morning or evening, I should lay down. Yep. And, and would you recommend starting like maybe from my head to my toes and I just pick one body group? Yeah, I would, I, would, I would go in the direction that um, pick the muscle group that you can flex and relax the easiest first. Okay. Go from there. So if you can do your feet, most people can do their feet pretty easily, and you can start there. Okay. And then you can try your calves. Okay. And then you can try your quads. Mm -hmm. And then you can do your abs. Mm -hmm. And then you can do your back. And you can move up and down your body and really focus on those areas clench them, clench them, clench them, clench them, clench them, hold it, and then really focus. The art is on the relaxing of all these muscle groups. So that's the goal. So flex, hold it, let go. Yep. Through your whole body every day. Yeah, and I, I'd say you don't need to spend any more than five, six, seven minutes on this. It's, it's not an hour, hour-long okay. process. Just just get get it exposed. Get your body thinking about it. And you should be good. Great. So, so I'm going to try that okay. every day this week. Yeah, and I, I'm on board too. So Great. Yeah, and I encourage everybody that's listening to give it a try. Give it a try while you're driving your car. Mm -hmm. Do it safely, however. Yeah, yeah don't start on your... <laughs> maybe, maybe if you can find a quiet time between classes to go to the library and do it, give it a try. Send us an email. Yeah. Tell us what you think. And yeah, we want to hear from you. Great. So uh, let's dive in with uh, Professor Lisa Persons from the Colorado State University of Pueblo. And let's talk about concept maps. Professor Persons, welcome to our podcast. I know you are a very busy person. Thank How you. Why don't you uh, do a little introduction? Okay. Well, my name is Lisa Persons, and I am a visiting assistant professor of nursing at CSU Pueblo. And I've had the honor of teaching a lot of wonderful students. Um, I have been a nurse for 21 years. I graduated in 1998 from Bethel College of Nursing. Wow. Which is now part of UCCS. Hmm. And I became a labor and delivery nurse, which is what I wanted to be. And about 2004, I was recruited to start teaching for PCC, the community college here. Oh, cool. That's um, because I love having students. Pueblo Community College, right? Pueblo Community College, yeah. yes. And I loved it. So I would take students any chance I got. And I worked nights, so we didn't always get that opportunity. So I started teaching for them during the day. And then I decided after 14 years of hospital nursing that I wanted to do something different. Oh. And I tried to think about 
what do I love? And what I loved was teaching students. So I went back to CSU Pueblo to get my master's in nursing education in 2013. And I went straight through, like our accelerated students go th uh, straight through. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. sorry to hear that. Yes. <laughs> and I graduated in August of 15 and started full-time as a faculty member yeah. two weeks later. Congratulations. So That's what did wonderful. you do at the hospital? Um, I did labor and delivery for eight years at Parkview. Okay. And then I went to Pueblo Community Health Center as a perinatal case manager. Oh. And so I case managed high-risk OB populations. And oh, what, okay. what, uh, what courses do you teach at the moment? I teach sophomore level health assessment, which is coming straight in. And then mm. I teach the dreaded med surge class as juniors. Mm. <laughs> and part of the nursing synthesis course as the senior level. And then I do OB clinicals upon labor and delivery on the floor. Yep. And, and what I is like, that. yeah, mm -hmm. what is like your favorite course to teach? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, everybody always assumes it's the OB rotation, but maybe because Nick was in my group. Do you think that was it? I don't think that was it. Yes. <laughs> you enjoyed the OB rotation. <laughs> no, my favorite is probably the brand new students because they don't know anything. And, that and is, they believe yeah. everything I say. I that sounds like me too. Yeah, that's health assessment? Health or? assessment. Okay, health assessment. Yes. I really enjoyed that class. So. Yes, good. Yeah. Great textbook. Um, yeah, let's hear a fun fact about you. Okay, fun fact. Well, you know I speak Spanish. Most people don't expect that. Hmm. But that was something I learned at, at the community health center, so that was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I had some foundation, but then I practiced there. Huh. Um, I'm a high school gymnastics judge. This will be my 23rd year, and I sit on the board for CHASA in Colorado. And you also do marathons. I've run two marathons. I've done a lot of races. I think I've done nine or ten halves. But okay. But that's all. I haven't had time to train. Yeah. What yeah. was your uh, PR? <laughs> yeah, he's in his bulking phase. So. <laughs> what, what Storage. Is, <laughs> what is, uh, what's your PR for a marathon? Well, I only did two. My second one, I was at four hours and 38 minutes. What about your half? Half, um, 206. It's pretty good. It's fair. I'm not fast, but it's all right. You just ran 13 miles yeah. and 26 miles. My so. goal is to end upright. That's all. Yeah. And yeah. eat after. And eat after. Yeah. So, um, Nick, what are we talking about today? Today, we have the pleasure of talking about concept maps. That's your favorite. <laughs> Love some concept yeah, my, maps. My favorite. Yes, my favorite. Well, you know, they're a great learning tool that every nursing student um, is going to get to enjoy uh, doing many times and many more times, mm -hmm. and sometimes more times if you didn't do it right the first time. But um, they're a great learning tool, and we're here to learn about the background of the concept map and what is going on. Yeah, so we were doing care plans. Now we're doing concept maps. Can you explain kind of like what happened? What's the difference? So... Care plans have been around as long as nursing education has been around, and the components actually are the same. Um, concept mapping right. was actually brought into other disciplines as early as the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And the first studies in nursing education were in the 90s. About I think 1992 was the first publication for mm -hmm. concept mapping in nursing. And the idea was to look at a framework of how does all of the data 
connect instead of just a linear format. Which is what care plans are. Which is what care plans okay. are. It's just page after page of mm -hmm. paperwork. And so concept mapping actually makes less paperwork, believe it or not. It does. Um, <laughs> but then you have to make your map afterwards. Yes. Yes. So I guess go a little deeper in that. So you're saying less paperwork. What What's the idea of a concept map? So let me give you a little bit of background at, at CSU Pueblo. We had, we were always doing care plans. Okay. Um, and that historically has been tried and true as a proven method to make clinical judgment mm -hmm. and critical thinking. Um, we had two instructors came in, one that was hired a couple years before me. You know her, Dr. Heinzelman. Okay, um, I do. From the East Coast in Pennsylvania and had only ever used concept maps, never had used care planning. So oh. she was curious why we were still doing care plans. And then about a year later, we hired somebody who had 14 years of experience as an adjunct who had also never done concept mapping. She, she taught for Texas Women's university and had 14 years of doing concept mapping. Oh, oh so she hadn't done care plans before. Had not done okay. care plans before. Yeah, excuse me. Gotcha. So both of them said, why are we still doing care plans and we need to look into doing concept maps? It seems to be a newer way of thinking. So what are concept maps? Explain it a little bit more. All right, so concept maps, you still have the piece where you're data mining all of the same information. We okay. took basically the care plan document and made it more succinct, shrunk it down mm -hmm. to where the data collection could just point to the correct information to be looking at in the patient's record. Um, you take all of that data, you get an idea in your head about what you think the proposed priority problems will be for your patient, but then you actually go care for that patient and you compare what did I think was gonna happen to what were the actual priorities for this person. And then your concept map becomes more focused so you take all of that data, you put it out on either a poster board or a computer program that you can use to create the bubbles okay. and draw lines and attach things that make sense. Like the lab work, how does that attach to the pathophysiology? And how do the patient's symptoms tie into what's going on with the pathophysiology? And then your assessment data, how does that assessment data reflect the lab work? And how does the medication tie into all of that? Mm -hmm. So before we were doing um, diagnoses, correct, mm -hmm. on care plans, mm -hmm. and now we've transferred it to priorities, like mm -hmm. what makes my patient safer, correct? Mm -hmm. So, um, so what is the benefit, like what it, between a concept map and a care plan? So the words, yeah. the priority problems and nursing diagnosis are used interchangeably. Um, Nanda was the first to actually present nursing diagnosis, and it's just the verbiage and how those really? words go together. Oh, wow. And, and yes. then for, blew my mind. for the audience, <laughs> can you tell us what Nanda is? Nanda was a publication, basically, and it came out with you would create a nursing diagnosis. You would say it was related to whatever your subjective and objective data you were collected on your patient. Okay. Um, and that was the evidence of how you knew that was a problem. Where we ran into issues is students were so focused on getting the right words that yes. they weren't focusing on what the priority problem actually was. Right. So can, it's can the same you, idea. Can you give us an example of that? Okay, so say a patient comes in and they are at risk for an infection. Okay. Because they have a high temperature, they have a wound that looks red, it's got drainage coming from it, mm -hmm. they don't feel well. 
The NANDA diagnosis would be risk for infection related to impaired skin integrity, for example, for a cut. And the evidence would be purulent drainage, fever, redness, tenderness to touch. Mm -hmm. okay. Where really the problem is this person has a cut that's infected. And so we just took away getting stumbled up in the box of the NANDA diagnoses and said, what are the priority problems? But you still see them. So the electronic health records now in the hospitals have come up with nursing care plans mm -hmm. that you'll be required to fill out as a nurse. Yeah. And they're using NANDA diagnoses still. So it's important to understand both. So do you think it's going to transfer in the next couple of years from the NANDA to just what's the priority? Yeah, possibly. I think it's possible that it could, but I think it's important for students to understand and nurses to understand mm -hmm. both pieces of language. Because from that point on, the nursing process is the same. What you do with that information is the same. Okay. And on a care plan, standard format, what would happen is you had patient demographics and their pathophysiology of their medical diagnosis first. You would write all that out, flip the page, put down all their lab work, write that out, flip the page, write down all their medications. Never understanding that each one is affecting the other. So the idea of the concept map is to get a conceptual framework to look at and visualize how you make those connections. How do the medications tie into the lab work? How does the lab work tie into the symptoms that they're having? And so that's what you're looking for students to get out of this. Because I have to be honest, I feel sometimes like I spent more time on an art project mm -hmm. than I did on really learning about these different, mm -hmm. uh, the language that was behind the NANDA diagnoses. And that, that worried me. But it sounds to me like it's more about this framework and bigger picture yes. kind of thing that Making we're looking Making connections. For. Making okay. the connections. How does one thing affect the other? Because that's clinical judgment. And you know human bodies don't follow the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you yes. have to yeah. be able to see what, what do I think was going to happen with this patient? And then you care for them and you figure out what were my priorities actually throughout the day. What did the lab work show? What did the mm -hmm. scan show? What okay. did my patient report? Okay. And how is that different than what I thought was going to happen? So you, then your concept map becomes what was the actual outcome with your patient that day. And it's a focused assessment. So, so basically you're saying we're walking in saying there's a risk for infection. Mm -hmm. But it's like really our priority is just turning the patient every whatever hours or whatever mm -hmm. and and um, not being so focused on like what's what's their diagnosis why are they in there type thing right like, wh what are we doing what are we like, doing what are we making a priority mm -hmm. gotcha okay and what does the patient think their priority is that day because mm -hmm. now you know you're setting goals it's very much patient-centered care and the concept map actually makes another step to it because on a care plan you just could finish out the paperwork and you were done. Mm -hmm. The concept map says, no, never mind. Now you have to look at all this data mining that you did and all this information that you have. How did that apply to my patient? And what was the plan for the day based on what I saw when I got there? And it's very much focusing the assessment, especially at the senior level. We just want to see the systems that were affected mm -hmm. that day, not all of it. What would you be looking for at the freshman level for um, those listeners who are just joining us in the um, magical world of nursing school? Um, what, what do you want them to get out of it? Is there anything different that they could do? 
So our brand new health assessment students, we do allow them to put their entire head-to-toe assessment on their concept map because they don't have the ability yet to delineate exactly what systems were being affected by the disease process because uh -huh. we haven't gone through med surge yet. Right. So they're allowed to just basically data mine, put their assessment findings, put their lab work, put their medications, and if they can put a couple things together, like anemia causing a low hemoglobin and hematocrit, they draw a line between those, and then they connect the iron supplement that they were giving mm -hmm. back to, oh, that's going to affect the hemoglobin and hematocrit that was caused by the anemia. So they make those connections. Okay. And my patient was dizzy and kind of pale, right? So if we can get that far in the sophomore level, then we're happy with that. So you think it's good for them to be introduced at that sophomore level? Absolutely, yes, because um, developing clinical judgment is a process. Yeah. And the more information you get, the more you have, the more tools you have in your brain to make connections. So I, th I know we've talked before about um, students that had a hard, like had a difficult time going to that bigger picture concept mm -hmm. map and the way they thought was very linear. Mm -hmm. Like me. Um, like Nicholas over here. So um, can you kind of talk through that? So people that are very linear and that think like, well, there should be an algorithm to almost anything. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk a little bit more t towards that? Yeah, so we had some resistance initially because there were two cohorts of students that were caught in the middle of the transition. They huh. learned how to care plan first. Okay. And then halfway through, we dropped them with concept maps. We did allow those students to choose. And I would say about half converted over. Okay. And I would say 99% of the half that converted were female. And it might go back to the art mm. project and the colors and... You yeah, know, how, I how do I make this look pretty versus mm -hmm. the more typical male linear model of, yes. of how it goes? Learn everything, spit it out, get it on a piece of paper. I learned it. Right. Right. But that's, that's, m yeah, that's memorization more than how do I adapt to what's changing in my patient. Would you mm -hmm. agree? I guess so. I'm yes. not a very good adapter, but I'm I'm the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like I actually I enjoyed the whole concept map thing because mm -hmm. it was like. It was almost more, I know this is crazy, right? <laughs> I know, I, I mean, like, I didn't like the whole, like, is this an art, con like, you know, art project type thing, which uh, we'll talk to talk about here in a second on why, why I can make that transition so easy. But I loved, like, looking at the big picture and going, no, I just got to walk in and what's my priority mm -hmm. and um, why versus, like, this certain thing, like, what do I do next type? I don't know. I just, like... Nick's making fun of me right now. <laughs> you like the global picture versus I know, I really enjoyed it. When I could and when I printed it out and I put it all together, I was almost like, Oh, there's there's other things that I can connect, you know, mm -hmm. and and it, it it really pushed my critical thinking skills mm -hmm. um, versus like, No, you are going to be this type of patient and because this is what's on your charting and Yeah. And that's what was in the textbook. Yeah. So I'm smarter than Nick is what you're trying to say. You can say it. It's fine. I don't know if I can confirm or deny <laughs> yeah, I, I think, those allegations. I think that that's, yeah, that's the, the correct answer. I'm just laughing because I've stood next to you while you've been putting together yeah. <laughs> some of these. And the four-letter words that you put together, Garrett, yeah. I can't repeat on the radio. Words are hard, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> words are, it is difficult to, to transition that because most people can look through a chart and pull information out. But if that's all we were doing, we wouldn't be nurses. You have, And I'm very linear as well, so mm -hmm. I hear you on that. Um, one suggestion I would make for people that are linear, they can use the data collection 
cut mm-hmm. it into pieces and stick it on a poster board and then just start either color coding it or drawing lines where things make sense. It doesn't have to be cool. pretty. So why is there so much pushback on concept maps? Why do you think, even if it's out of laziness or whatever it is, why do you think there's so much pushback on like, why are we doing a concept map? Um, well, the answer to that is people are used to customary learning where you can read a book, listen to a lecture, study, take the test, and you know the information. Mm-hmm. But like we already have said, the human body doesn't follow exactly. any book. And so you have to be able to gather all your pieces of data and decide what's important, what isn't important, and how do these things link together. And then you make clinical decisions about what are your priorities from that point on. And so seeing that global picture, it takes a while. And usually the resistance stops by senior year. Because at that point, students can usually produce a map within an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Maybe a little over. And I would say we're, we're hard on maps, you know, first, second, third semester, because there's not time when you're starting to manage three patients on your own to be struggling with putting this stuff together. Your brain has to start pushing it out much mm-hmm. more quickly or you'll be behind. Well, and you have to be hard because as students, we have to show that we understand the human body as this big framework and that we can uh, gather data from all different kinds of sources and, and be able to use that to the patient's advantage. And mm-hmm. so being hard on a concept map is, I mean, if that's the way you got to assess, that's mm-hmm. the way you got to assess. So. Well, there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of consultation with other disciplines and mm-hmm. their piece comes in too. And how does that affect what the nurse is doing? Because our end goal, the second a patient is admitted, our end goal is to get them out of there as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And so we always have to be moving in that direction. So we are constantly bombarded on the nursing units with information. And you have to be able to grab that information, make a very quick decision about what pieces are important and how do they fit what's going on and what pieces aren't. So it's really just a process of learning how to think. Is there something funny? Well, I just you're, you're making it sound so easy. <laughs> so, so what you're trying to say is like, what I'm hearing and what I've I've gathered the last couple of semesters, I've had you at a clinical as a clinical instructor, is like make this a learning opportunity, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily like this assignment that you have to do, but it's setting you up for success in your senior year because we don't do concept map. Well, the CSU Pueblo does a not do concept maps for our senior year, maybe other schools. But mm-hmm. so we need to be ready. And yes, I and the assumption is you already know that part, and so mm-hmm. we work a lot more on leadership and time management and patient care. <sighs> okay. So you're learning to think the first oh, no. four semesters. Time management. I'm worse at time management than I am at it's concept maps. It's a work maps. in progress. Oh, my goodness. Time is hard for Nick. <laughs> Words are hard for Garrett. Yeah. Well, the beauty of a concept map is you can you create what makes sense to you in your head. So as long as you can sit down with an instructor and say, this is how I connected these mm-hmm. things, how can we call you wrong? Yeah. And what usually comes to light is a whole bunch more connections, or as a faculty member, we start to see maybe where your thinking took a left turn and how we can mm-hmm. pull that back and correct it. And I think you've you've sat down with me once before and mm-hmm. just said, you know, why 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 are you thinking why, this way? It's almost left? like, like what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, this happened to my patient, and you're like, 
that makes sense now that I talked through it. And then you showed me an example on how to apply that on a concept map. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me go, okay, I'm, I'm basically showing them a map of what I'm doing and how do I communicate to someone who had no contact Mm -hmm. with that patient? How do I communicate clearly with it? And uh, I think that's the beauty with concept maps is you can communicate that versus a care plan Mm -hmm. is what I'm gathering. What What about you, Nick? I'm I'm gathering the same thing. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to figure this out. I I do have a question though. Mm-hmm. Tell me what can students do better or do best on their concept maps? Where have you seen them struggle? And what uh, can we do more better? connections. More connections. Yeah. So we see a lot of really good data pulled out, and everything is there that needs to be there, but it's making those connections and not being afraid to try, and not drawing arbitrary arrows to try to. Yeah. Fool us into thinking Shucks. you made Which it. Which I've never, I've never say. done <laughs> that before. Yeah. Just connect everything. Just connect everything. Yeah. yeah. It's a human body. Yeah. Right. That, no, okay. I think that I think that's a good, yeah. And we've presented ideas like color coding. Priority problem one is yep. pink highlighter, mm-hmm. two is green highlighter, and three mm-hmm. is yellow highlighter. And just highlight everything that goes along with that priority problem. Okay. Instead of lines, because it like can get that. pretty muddy sometimes looking at the lines. Yeah. So you have some notes right there. Is there anything that you want to add? Take yeah. away. Do you have any, um, do you have fun any funny jokes or anything? I don't know if I have funny <laughs> jokes. Maybe. But one thing we had talked about is resources. We do yeah. provide a textbook, and you guys can tell me better, are students actually buying that little book? Because some of the struggle may be that when people are triaging where they're going to put their money, they don't always buy the concept mapping book. There's a concept map book? Uh-huh, so see. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a little bit about this concept <laughs> mapping book. So it's book. a text that we picked out. It's by Schuster. Okay. And Bless it you. gives you very basic concept mapping ideas. But it has all the components in it as well. Okay. Um, and then there's some different software that we have included that has free programs on it that you can find online as well. And that software will pull stuff in as well. What software is it? Um, well, the Bubble program helps yeah. people to create if they like that type yeah. on, on technology. What I don't like to see happen is when students spend three to four hours struggling with technology. Yeah. And if that's an issue, then, you know, go buy your 97-cent poster board and just handwrite it. So what do you use, Nick? I use Bubble. Yeah, I use Bubble. So and that's B-U-B-B-L... B-U-B-B-L dot com. Dot U-S, I think. Dot U-S, yeah. B-U-B-B-L dot U-S. Yes. I use Lucid Charting Mm -hmm. um, because it kind of, uh, I can kind of manipulate how many pages, where Bubble, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. So that's Lucid Charting. Um, I don't know what the exact website is, but it's just just Google Lucid Charting. And it's free, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is free. You can only, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's free. L-U-C-I-D Charting. And then we have a friend that uses Google Docs. Google Docs. Um, she's figured out a way to kind of do that, make her own bubbles. And uh, are there any other, like... There is a, a free concept mapping software within the SLS system, the okay. simulation learning system, that the students are required to, to purchase to learn and how to do electronic that's Evolve Elsevier, record. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and they do that too. Yep. It's part of the electronic health record training, and so there's a concept mapping Okay. Software in there as well. And I'm trying to think, is there any other like software or resources? Poster um, Razor. There's some people that use Poster uh, Poster Razor and yeah. PowerPoint. To print. Yeah. Um, I would just say is after talking to you is um, not 
spending so many so much time and resources on on doing that whatever's easiest for you even if that's cutting out and doing highlighting and all that pretty stuff that yes, Nick's like absolutely Nick do, the so. objective is learning how to think it's not learning how to navigate a yeah, computer program how to like cut paper and put it all up together right um I have a tip for people if you're printing a concept map onto two pages make sure that you're not printing on both sides of the paper because that's a big old waste well and they won't tape together yeah. Correctly. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to flip over a paper for no. their concept map. I right. thought that would be funnier, but we can. We yeah. Can no, we'll just do a ha ha at the end. No, that was good, Nick. Anything <laughs> else to add to that? <laughs> just tears. Okay. Tears. <laughs> tears. Yeah. Just. Um. <clears throat> any other resources or thoughts that you want to add to that? I guess one last thought would be just to trust the process because at the end of it, you will understand. I think you guys already do, being senior level. You start to understand, oh, this is where we were headed, and now I get it. Um, and you'll make connections when you're taking care of patients, and you'll feel really awesome about that. But I think it's easy to get caught up in the massive amount of work and feel like there's a lot of busy work on the side. And so trusting the process, trusting the instructors, doing what you're asked, mm -hmm. and I promise there's an end outcome. There's a benefit Always. There's a to benefit. it, yeah. Always. Um, I can yeah. agree with that, mm -hmm. surprisingly. Mm -hmm. It's very true. That's I all think you told me one time, the best advice you gave me was stop fighting the process. Yes. Or stop fighting so much. Stop fighting so much. And I, yeah. I, <laughs> I tried. Although we do want to build uh, fierce, constructive advocates in our nurses. Well, I'm an agent for change. Some That's people right. call me a complainer. I just, I make sure everybody <laughs> knows about the flaws in the system. And then do you always have a solution about what you're going to do to make it better? Yeah, sure. Because you can't have flaws if you don't have ideas for improvement. Well, Ooh. yeah, I do. You just have to keep listening until I'm, I get all the complaining out, and then I get to the final solution. Right. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a teaser trailer. It's mm -hmm. like you need a journal or something. You need to write this stuff down, and then maybe? I yeah. do, I do. I've started raising my hand in conversations now just so I, you know, everybody knows I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if there's two of us, I'm like, you don't have to raise your hand, Nick. It's just me and you. I don't know why you're raising ha your hand. So in closing, mm -hmm. for um, pre-nursing or brand-new nursing students or even the senior-level nursing students, is there anything you would like to tell them or advice or wisdom that you would like to give to them? Well, nursing is an awesome occupation and mm -hmm. so I'm glad we've chosen people have chosen to come this way um, but it's critical you know if you make a mistake this the stakes are high mm -hmm. and so I think again I would just reinforce trusting the process of the learning and being supportive of one another and not trying to compete with your classmates but just how can I help make sure that everybody comes out on the other side because we need more nurses and we need good strong teammates so if anyone has any questions or anything, how can they reach out to you? Uh, my university email would be the best. Okay. What it, is that? It's lisa.persons at csupueblo.edu. Okay. okay. And, I'll, and I'll put that in the notes so people can reach out to you or whatever yes. they do have any questions. And it's questions. in the directory. So if, if you have access to the campus directory, my email is there. Okay. It's online. Well... 
thank you so much for taking time out of your busy rainy day rainy here in day. Pueblo, Colorado, which is, I think is kind of awesome. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, we thank you so much. That's uh, Professor Lisa Persons at Colorado State University in Pueblo, Colorado. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. Before we go, Nick, uh, we actually have a question in our email box. Oh, that's great. Somebody emailed. Yeah, so the question is, what advice for new nursing students do you have? Um, I'll start. I would say have a close-knit community where you can rely on. Um, even if that's not your, like, you know, natural instinct to study with people or whatever, um, I think it's important to... Um, talk to each other and rely on each other and 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 update on like hey we're, you're missing this and we need, need to be reminded of this I think that's very important and just to let you know that you're not alone um, in nursing school so uh, what do you have Nick well bouncing off of that I would tell you um, the very first day of orientation they told us to look to your left and look to your right the people that you're sitting next to and the first five days are gonna be your friends forever. Nursing school brings people together like there's no tomorrow. So my advice, change your seat a lot. <laughs> You're a lot better off with 40 friends than you are with five. So make friends with everybody. You are going to need each other at some point. And trust me, being, being friends is a lot better than otherwise. Great, well with that being said, if you have any questions you wanna ask our guest, or ourselves, you can contact us at nickngarrett at gmail.com. That's N-I-C-K-N-G-A-R-R-E-T-T at gmail.com. That's also in our podcast notes, and we will answer those questions. Um, we also have a special guest on our next show. We are not going to release that, and we will also be following up on our stress management topic of PMR, PMR, yeah. that's progressive muscle relaxation. So don't don't forget, give it a try. See what you think. Yeah, we're, we're going to let you know how that helped us um, until the next podcast. We also want to send out a special thank you to Quentin from Still City Studios out of Pueblo, Colorado, um, and Kat, our project manager, and for Nordy snorting in the background. Um, Thanks, thank Nordy. You, yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Stew Nurse podcast uh, with me. And me. We will see you next time.